Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, why is it the fastest way to get someone to call you back is to take a shower? Hi, America. <laughs> Hello, world. True. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. As a psychic, I tend to find that if I make an appointment to see a client, maybe a week in advance, at some point during that week, the spirit they want to connect with, because the intention's been placed out there, comes and joins me there's been several occasions in mm. the past where auntie caroline has come and joined me in the shower Ooh. i say can't you just give mm -hmm. me five minutes i'm standing up squeezing the lemon and uncle dave comes through because i'm seeing the client in two days time and she wanted to talk to uncle dave. do you think it's maybe because that's where you're the most relaxed yes <laughs> this is where i'm in a most dreamlike state of being psychic I am the weeing psychic. I'm the best psychic ever. Toilet tarot. You're only going to get three minutes, so you need to get your questions in quick. Three minutes psychic. I'll tell you everything you need to know. Everything. I'm all seeing. I'm all knowing. You've got three minutes. Go. I've been drinking all day so Uncle Dave can come through for you. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers, the only paranormal weeing tarot quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you, to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious strange. Supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So, snuggle under your covers, <laughs> turn out your lights, and someone better check on her, actually. That sounded like a death rattle. <laughs> the rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shivering horror. Extra points will be available for shock and all value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. 
She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather looked at the solar eclipse this week through a colander and strained her eyes. Oh. I, lo- I love this show. I love this show. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show, Miss Morris. <laughs> Hello. I also wish to introduce the mad and crazy Michelle <laughs> Corey. She was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and is a constant disappointment to her parents. Yes. <laughs> Michelle just wants her house to be clean enough that if someone drops by unexpected, it doesn't look like she's six days into battling a poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. I also wish to introduce in the background Nathan Bush. Nathan's wife said she was leaving him due to his obsession with monkeys. At first, he didn't believe her, but then he saw her face. (laughs) (laughs) I love this show. (laughs) This is Series 2, Episode 124. 124 is a simian swinging number wearing dark glasses and holding a smudging wand. Sonnet 124 was written by William Shakespeare in 1609, in which the poet expresses his love towards a young man. To this I witness, call the falls of time, which die for goodness, who have lived for crime. I'm going to give you some spoilers now. These are Shakespeare's spoilers. If you don't want to know what they are, cover your eyes. (laughs) Hamlet, everyone dies. (laughs) Macbeth, everyone dies. King Lear, everyone dies. (laughs) Romeo and Juliet, everyone dies. (laughs) Happy Ever After, three words Shakespeare, never used. Did you know Shakespeare invented 1,700 new words and could never understand why people didn't want to play Scrabble with him? (laughs) So, points to be had in the first ever, I can't believe... Facts about William Shakespeare, MQ, TA quiz. Are you ready, Miss Morris? Not really. Miss Corrie? Yes. Shakespeare was responsible for this common animal living in America. There are now 200 million of them. They've become quite evasive, but they never existed until William Shakespeare wrote about them. Squirrels. You are going to (laughs) go. It had to be squirrels, didn't it? You're saying William Shakespeare is responsible for 200 million. There's got to be more than 200 million squirrels living in America, surely. Haven't counted. 200 million of them living in my backyard. (laughs) They're digging up my plants. I sit out there and count the little buggers. Michelle, what evasive common animal was introduced to America due to William Shakespeare? Cats. You're going to go with cats. Cats would be a good idea in terms of keeping their population very low. It is the common starling. The starling did not exist in America until they were released in 1890. 60 of them were released in Central Park by a gentleman in 1890. You've got to thank him for Stalin's invading America. Eugene Schifflin, his name was, and he decided it would be fun to import into America every single bird that was mentioned in a Shakespeare play. So you never had Stalin's, but they were mentioned in A Midsummer Night's Dream by William Shakespeare. Thus, they were introduced in 1890, just 60 of them, into Central Park. Things have gone a bit more awry since then, haven't yes. they? I think so, yes. In terms, in fact, I think they're killing off a lot of native species because they're so aggressive. They stand on street corners with switchblades. 
looking for your pension money. No <laughs> points to be had. On June 29th, 1613, the Globe Theatre in the south of London was set on fire and burned to the ground during the Shakespeare play Henry VIII. To get points, I want to know how. It was a cow. It was a cow. <laughs> Kicked cow? over the lantern. Yep. <laughs> Cow being rowdy, <laughs> set light to its methane emissions. Before you knew where you were, the safety curtains were on fire. It was a little feisty. Everyone's screaming fire. Which Shakespeare play had the cow in it? The Henry VIII. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she played the part of Anne of Cleves very well, I thought. Yes. Very well-developed character. That's right. That is true enough. Michelle, would you like to have a guess as oh. to why the globe burnt down during the play Henry VIII? Were they staging a battle? I will give you points. Thank that you. is an excellent, excellent answer. Someone thought it was a good idea to fire a cannon during the course of that play and everything was straw, of course, and wood and yes. the whole thing came burning down to the ground. We read Sonnet 124. He wrote over 150 sonnets altogether. But the question I ask you is he was forced to stay indoors and write them poems so if it wasn't for the fact that he was forced to stay indoors, we would not have had any of those sonnets and poetry. The simple question for you, and you're looking perplexed already, mm -hmm. is why was he forced to stay indoors? Again, points will be given for creativity. Because he was seeking attention from somebody that was married. Oh, probably a man knowing William Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Having written love poems to young men. Michelle, would you like to have a stab in the dark? What are you thinking? I think he owed money to someone and had to write the sonnets. To make a bit of money. Yes. To pay off the debt sharks or at the door because he thought it would be fun to have satellite TV mm -hmm. and the latest RAV4 by Toyota. Yes. The plague caused the shutdown <gasps> oh. of all the theatres and playhouses because they didn't want people to mingle and he was forced to stay indoors because uh. no one wanted to catch the plague. So I can't give the points away, but quite a fun an interesting fact in our first ever I Can't Believe That About William Shakespeare MQTA quiz. Only two points in the whole of that quiz. We won't be doing that again. Oh, we'll pick something God. else. 124 is the number for the emergency services in Bosnia and Herzegovina. So if you slip a disc in Sarajevo, if you are mugged in Mostar, or if you're in trouble in Tuzla, 124 is the number for you. Interstate 124 runs from Chattanooga, Tennessee, all the way to... Do you want to have a guess where that goes to? No. Any thoughts? It goes all the way to Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's two miles long, and it's one of the smallest interstates <laughs> anywhere in America. Interstate 124, two miles long. Chattanooga to Chattanooga, which leads mm. us very nicely to the first ever MQTA. I can't believe that about Chattanooga... <laughs> let's hope this does better than the shakespeare chattanooga was home to the first ever what and i'm going to give you a clue it was named after tom thumb if that helps you out in any way shape and form and it was created in 1927 but the first one anywhere in the world was constructed and put together in chattanooga named after tom thumb what are we going to go with a gas station. You're going to go with a gas station. <laughs> so despite the fact the motor car was invented in around sort of 1903, that's a long wait for some gas, isn't it? Tom, Tom's I can't go anywhere. Bakery. We're not going to get a gas station for 24 
years. It's recreational. Bakery. It's fun. You might find it at a fun fair somewhere like that. Tom Thumb. 19, 27. You're looking at me as if I'm mental. I'm you trying to are. help you. You're going to go with gas station. No. You've had to wait 20 years for gas. You've got your car, <laughs> but you're not going anywhere. Because <laughs> no one's invented the gas it's, station. It's fun, Tom. Th- a bowling alley. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> you're wrong, but we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Michelle, any thoughts in amongst all of that detritus laden out in front of us there on the beach of I've no clue what I'm doing? I hate to use the word freak, but I will say a retirement home for circus performers. That's a good guess as well. It was the first ever miniature golf course in anywhere in the world oh. called Tom Thumb Miniature Golf Course. First yeah. ever one, Chattanooga. More graduate pilots are trained in Chattanooga than anywhere else in the world. At what? Crop dusting. Crop dusting. That's a good oh, answer, Miss Morris. Very good. Do you need to be trained for that or just get up there and empty your tanks? What happens? <laughs> Honestly, I was dive-bombed by one of these the other day on my way to Jackson. I nearly got ran off the road. I thought I was in the film North by Northwest and I was Cary Grant for the moment. <laughs> Unbelievable. What are you going with, Michelle? Any thoughts? Uh, how to fly a biplane. Oh, you're not too far off. It's hang gliding. It's oh. all mountainous around there. They get lots of thermals and hang gliding is the way to go. Those quizzes didn't work out as well as I would have liked, but Michelle is on four points and Heather and myself are yet to score. We come to the part of the show that is our favourite part of the show. Every week we love the mailbag. Mailbag! Nathan especially loves the mailbag. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) More than he should. Don in Georgia simply posted, you guys are the best. I can hear Tina Turner. Bit of Tina Turner there in the background. Thank you, Don, for that. David is back again in Nicaragua, and he's posted, oh, my God, Canadian Cambodians, Heather. How do you guys do it? (laughs) Nice. We don't do it. It was true. We were reading out a story. It involved Canadian Cambodians. We are not making any of this stuff up. Nope. The facts are stranger than fiction. When you said, how do we do it? We read out the week's stories of the strange and the bizarre. But if you're referring to Heather's Canadian Cambodian accent, she'd practiced for almost two or three minutes. Yes. (laughs) Regular listener C.F. Elliot in Canada. We're all going all over the world, aren't Mm -hmm. we? We are. Has written, the only part of the show that I'm not fond of is when Adrian says, well, all good things come to an end. Much love to you all. Sweet. Aww. Wouldn't it be funny if someone tuned in at that exact moment when I say, well, all good things come to an end, Sarah. So let's look at tonight's scores. And they'll be sitting there thinking, oh, no, I've missed all of the show. Yeah. No need to worry. I'm pulling your leg. We have at least another 45 minutes to go. So that makes you very lucky individuals indeed. Jerry in Michigan said last week, looking forward to tonight's show. I will be on the road to southern Indiana for the solar eclipse. Let's make it a great show for driving. We had no luck with the solar eclipse. I feel, I feel really sorry for Michelle because you planned a party, didn't I you? I did. Monday lunchtime. I had moon pies. You had everything. <gasps> moon pies. And the eclipse never happened for us. No. We had storm warnings, gunmetal grey clouds that were so low you could oh. run your hand through them. And the solar eclipse never happened for us. It was probably mm-hmm. the darkest, wettest low clouds stormiest weather i've ever seen in the middle of august we'll have to wait another 60 years for the next one Mm, typical absolutely typical and the rest of the week was fine of course but the hour we wanted to see the sun 
It was never going to happen for us, was it? Terrible. Unbelievable. We'll wait for the next one. Our good friend Martin in New York has posted, I've used this as my Wi-Fi network name for several years. And he's put surveillance van 5G. Because <laughs> do you remember we said it would be funny yep. if you changed your Wi-Fi settings so other people could see your right. connections and you put surveillance van, something for FBI surveillance van. But he says he's been doing this for years. So great minds think alike. It was a good idea, wasn't it? Very. Now, Martin has created an amazing online auction site called Martin's Online Auctions on Facebook. There is everything on there from Living Dead Dolls to 80s metal concert t-shirts. The unusual, strange, intriguing and bizarre. Go and have a look at what is morbidly fascinating. The items are just a couple of clicks away from owning. Remember Martin's Online Auctions on Facebook, you've already shown good taste by joining the show and listening. Now you can surround yourself with good taste as well. Remember all of tonight's stories, all of the chat, all of the banter, all of the messages of support, the cartoons, the laughs are available on Facebook. Why not go to Facebook right now and search for more questions and answers with Adrian Lee? And you can see everything there for you in glorious Technicolor, we have a lot of fun and we're one big family. Listen to all over the world, of course. We have 5,900 followers currently on there. If you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, all of our shows are archived. They're completely free. There's four years worth of shows on there. You can listen to them back to back and binge Listen, if you're in the car on a long journey looking at solar eclipses in Nebraska, if you're in the gym walking the dog, working away in your garage, you can listen to soundcloud.com, MQTA Radio. Give us a little love heart. There's a little orange love heart on there. Why don't you click that for us right now and show us your appreciation? There's also an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in a round we do at the top of the hour called Not For Your Mother that doesn't go out on air because it contains the stories of the week that are laden with innuendo, with filth, ladies. Filthy. Oh, God. Sexual stories. (laughs) The things you would not like your mother to listen to. So if you go there, there's a little Easter egg for you. Extra 20 to 25 minutes. Also available, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. So you've got no excuse for not finding us. You can listen to us first. Be the first on darkmatterdigitalnetwork.com. 8 o'clock Central Time. On a Friday night, that's 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world, including Canada and Nicaragua. Follow us on Twitter. My Twitter account is Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. We have 94,000 followers on there. And remember my latest book. If you're looking for a fabulous summer read full of spooky things, hauntings, evidence, history, mysterious Midwest, unwrapping urban legends, and Ghostly Tales from the Dead is now available in all good bookshops and on Amazon. And it has a foreword written by award-winning basis of Megadeth, David Ellison. And every single review, every single one, has given me five stars. We also have YouTube accounts. Go and search for more questions and answers with Adrian Lee on YouTube. We have lots of outtakes and you'll laugh lots and we in your pants and (laughs) if you're ever interested in a reading i do psychic readings i talk to the dead i do healing i heal animals i heal people go to adrianleepsychic.com and you can see all of the fun and interesting things i do this show is free our archives are free everything we do is free it will always be free but we do have studio expenses and we do have to pay for reams and reams 
of paper. If you go to patreon.com, search for MQ2A Radio, and you can donate a dollar, and we would be very, very grateful to keep this show chugging along in the manner that you expect for the last four years. Miss Morris wasn't happy with the standard of the questions I was asking. (laughs) For the I can't believe those things about Shakespeare. For the I can't believe those things about Chattanooga. And if you recall, we've had a bit of a run in the last few weeks with the slippery beast that is the horseshoe crab. Yes. So for the first time on MQ TA Radio, (laughs) I I can't believe that about horseshoe crabs. Yeah. MQTA quiz with everything to play for. Miss Morris, what type of animal is a horseshoe crab? Crustacean. It's a crustacean. A crustacean's brilliant. Brilliant. Michelle, what kind of animal is a horseshoe crab? It's a crustacean. It's not a crab what? at all. It lacks antennae, which means oh. it is not a crab. It is in a separate group that's actually closer to arachnids would you believe really unbelievable times the horseshoe crab is not actually a sea spider a crab Mm. it's not actually part of a horse either if we're going to go down that road oh what impressive organ does the horseshoe crab have it's got one of the biggest and best organs in this particular area than any other animal on the planet what are you suggesting miss morris the biggest organ yes the I... best. Not the biggest, oh. but the best. <laughs> you always want the biggest, don't you? I do. The horseshoe crab has the best of this. Ever. It, ever. Um, the heart. It's got a heart. You it's know a big how, one. Right. So we're not going with the biggest. We're going with the best. It's got the best one, It's got too. the best one. Okay. Miss Corrie. Weenus. It's weenus. <laughs> do crabs have an elbow? Is this even possible? <laughs> it's got amazing eyesight. It has lots of eyes. It's got two at the oh, top. Oh, yeah. It's like a spider. I said it was part of the arachnid family. It has more than one eye. It's got incredible eyesight. Apparently, they use Well, them f- that's not organ. That's organs. Oh, you want clues now, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I get the impression that plural or singular, you are still going to be wrong. You don't know that. Heather's on minus two. <gasps> <Ooh>. <laughs> Apparently, they're training them up to be umpires during baseball games. This is what I've been told. The horseshoe crab says you're out. You never made second base off your trot. Walking sideways. <laughs> back to the dugout, chewing gum and touching your genitalia. See, I've watched a few games. I know what goes on. If you have been vaccinated, you can thank the horseshoe crab. And I want to know why. Because they have a stinger and that's where they got the idea from. Okay. Stinger. stinger. What are you thinking, Michelle? Too much. Too much on a Friday afternoon, Friday evening. Your I brain's think, not working. I think it's because something in their, like, I don't think they exactly have blood, but they need oh, that for the serum. You are on fire. I'm going to give you another four points. I'm really? going to put you yeah. up to eight. That is awesome. Absolutely right. From 1956, they discovered, of course, crabs don't have red blood. They have blue blood. But a horseshoe crab doesn't have any white platelets or cells in its blood. It gets rid of bacteria because it feeds on the seabed. There's millions and millions of bacteria. So if it didn't have some sort of system for dealing with the bacteria, it would be dead. What it does is there's something in its blood that surrounds the bacteria and then kills it. It puts a wall around it to stop it from going through the crab's body. Hmm. So they test, from 1970 onwards, it's actually the law, it is mandatory that you test all vaccinations on horseshoe crab blood, which makes horseshoe crab blood very, very expensive. 
Uh, the Let's current, raise some. If you want to raise some, <laughs> it is $15,000 per quart of horseshoe crab blood. I'm going to go catch some crabs. They milk them. <laughs> <laughs> I get the impression that Friday night after the show is probably probably the best way of harvesting them I would think oh. probably probably the best way knowing Miss Morris she'd come back with a lobster <laughs> but this is true they have 600 crabs that they milk and they take 30% of their blood Yes, milking a crab's a dangerous and tricky business. Ooh. But they do. They actually have donation crabs, and they milk them, 30% of their blood, and then they nurse them back to good health, and then they milk them again, and it's $15,000 per quart. If you wish to make a fortune, horseshoe crab blood is the way to go. You leave this show with more than you arrive with. We have a paranormal quiz show. Dying to get out as we run into the first round that is Ghosts and Hauntings with Michelle on eight. I'm yet to score, and Heather Morris is on minus two. A woman is finding internet fame after posting an unfortunate tweet just hours before the death of Sir Bruce Forsyth. I must explain who Sir Bruce Forsyth is. Does anyone in this room know? No. He is our version of Bob Hope. Oh. He was a songman. He danced. He tap danced. He was, he did the show in Britain of the celebrity dancing, Joe, the celebrity dancing show. He hosted that, but he was on the telly in the 1960s, the 1970s. I remember as a kid watching game shows hosted by Sir Bruce Forsyth. He was how Bob Hope. He died at 89 this week. And one of his shows was called Play Your Cards Right. I don't know if you have a version of that over here. Probably. You have playing cards in front of you, large ones, and they ask questions of the audience and you say whether it's higher or lower. Yeah, we have that one. Okay, Mm -hmm. play your cards right. So Becky Wells posted a tweet, 9.20 a.m. this week, seven hours before an announcement was made about Bruce Forsyth, the legend's death. It might have had a few retweets and likes at the time, but probably faded into insignificance within minutes, as most tweets often do, of course. She wrote, Woke up this morning with a desperate need to see if Bruce Forsyth was still alive. It was announced that very afternoon that the TV legend had died at the age of 89 years old. Oh dear. Naturally, people are a bit spooked by the eerie prediction, and some are even jokingly blaming her for his death. When she heard the news, Becky quickly retweeted her own prophecy with the caption, Oh my God, I'm so sorry in capital letters. It has since been shared thousands of times. She later added, Can I just clarify that obviously this is devastating. Psychic predictions aside, along with a broken heart emoji. One Twitter user asked Becky if she had a prophetic dream, to which she replied, Ha ha, it wasn't even that. I just woke up and was like, is Bruce Forsyth still alive? I can't physically remember. Her tweets sparked a wave of tongue-in-cheek responses, asking if she does requests. One person asking why she didn't have a desperate need to see if Donald Trump was still alive. Yeah! (laughs) Satire, as we live and breathe, on more questions than answers. Others wanted to cash in on her apparent psychic abilities and asked if she had any tips. As it turns out, it's not the first time this has happened to her. Becky herself later posted a photo of her computer screen, showing she'd bought a Euro Millions lottery ticket for tonight's draw. 
Hopefully the late, great Bruce Forsyth would have found it funny, given he is best known for his sense of humour, so we shouldn't feel too bad. Play your cards right, or complete crock of garbage. You decide. (laughs) Visit our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee. I should give myself two points for being informative and a little bit fun. Heather Morris, what have you got tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Two Chinese officials have been sacked for their involvement in superstitious activities, including casting spells and aiding promotions to attending geomancy courses under the guise of business trips. That's quite the business trip. To a geomancy. Yes, I don't know what that is, but yes. Isn't that dancing? Isn't mancy dancing or or is that necromancy? I can never remember all my mancies. There was the Mancy Drew boys. I know that. <laughs> uh, I think that was a film I watched yeah. at art college. Members of the ruling Communist Party are not supposed to follow any religion in officially atheist China. And the government takes a particularly harsh line on officials who practice what it deems are superstitious folk beliefs. Zenhao News Agency told Tang Wansung, a former county housing official Sounds in like the a Chinese <laughs> cowboy in the central. <laughs> Read that out with a Texas twang. Tang Wansung, <laughs> you get off my land, there, boy. Well, they had told the uh, county housing official in the central province of Hunan. He had actually went on five feng shui, feng shui crabs, feng shui crabs <laughs> training courses under the guise of investigation tours starting in 2008. Each session cost $8,038. That's pretty feng shui to me, which Tang claimed back as business expenses. Zinghao said, citing a statement from the local anti-corruption watchdog office. Tang also earned 5,000 yen a year for practicing feng shui for others. The other person sacked, also a former county official, had asked others to set up an altar to cast spells and paid 100,000 yen in tribute each time with hopes of being promoted. You're rolling the Mm. dice, aren't you, in communist China because you'll end up in a salt mine or a gulag, never to be seen again is what's going to happen. I know. Well, they can pay me. I'll they do can it. pay you I'll to set do up spells, something. set up an altar. Why not? You're not touching my things, Shrey. Oh, I'll mm. touch your crabs. I like my chai <laughs> <laughs> flowing just the way it is, thank you very much, <laughs> with or without crustaceans wandering around. <laughs> well, both have been expelled from the party and will be further investigated for suspected criminal acts. It was not possible to reach either official for comment. And That's it was devastating. Unclear. You mean there's no Chinese accent? They couldn't be contacted. Yeah, I That's know. That's terrible. Aww. Terrible news. Uh, no one no, could God, contact no. them. <laughs> oh my God. Someone a, needs to go to a gulag, oh don't they? Not at this Jesus, time. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Not at this time. Not at this time. We're still waiting on that. We'll go to Chinatown in the middle of Dallas and see if we can catch up with them. I'm going to give you no points. <laughs> I thought we'd get away with a story with no accident and you ruined it for yourself right at the very end. So I'm going to give you a duck egg. (laughs) Why am I here? (laughs) A man who claims he suffered a near-death experience has offered his take on what the afterlife is really like. And it's seriously 
creepy. Mm. Talking to Reddit, the anonymous victim described how a few moments of being dead dragged out for what like seemed like an eternity in his head. The man who claimed he drowned a year and a half ago. Surely that's nearly drowned a year and a yeah. half ago. <laughs> and experienced a sensation like he was traveling in the moments before he was resuscitated by lifeguards. And the man claims that things take a very dark turn in the afterlife. Mm. If you haven't been good with doomed souls sent to a place with no light. Who decides what's good or bad? What's good in one culture could be bad in another. Mm-hmm. Dragons in Chinese culture are very good, meant yes. to be lucky, very friendly. Dragons in Western culture are nasty beings with sharp teeth that breathe fire. So who decides what's good and what's bad? Me. He adds, <laughs> who knew? The one that walks backwards, Mephisto. Beelzebub herself turns out to be Heather Morris. That explains the constant lot. teasing over the last... Four years. I actually died four years ago. This is my purgatory. A piano fell on me. I didn't know. This is all coming together. He had, you'll know you're in hell and you'll be there for an eternity. No thoughts except for ones knowing you are a bad person. Haunt your mind. I might be right in saying this. I'll have to go and check. I was under the impression that in the Bible, hell was actually just reserved for fallen angels. I think the word hell is only mentioned 12 or 13 times in the entire book. And it says that all of the fallen angels will go to a fiery lake in Gehenna, which was a rubbish tip on the edge of town that used to catch fire regularly. I don't think, and I'm happy to be proven wrong, that we actually go to hell, is my understanding of things. Well, what about Dante? Oh. <laughs> <sighs> I just haven't done the research, have I? The, in actual fact, hell was invented during the Renaissance period yes. to a degree to keep people in check mm-hmm. and to make them behave themselves. So you're actually right in that. But I think if you go back to the Bible, originally a thousand years before the early Renaissance, it doesn't say anything about humans being there. The darkness leaves you in a terrified paralysis where you can't see anything except for the vast, dark emptiness of a hellish universe with no stars, no light, no anything, not even a thought. We call that Detroit, don't we? Is that Detroit? I would wish, I wouldn't wish my worst enemy to go to this place. Oh, my bad. It's Wisconsin. (laughs) But it's not all bad, apparently. There's cheese and there's fireworks. The spooky post also describes what happens if you've been good, with the anonymous man claiming he went to a calming place on a hill when he drowned. Nothing more calming than a hill. When I go to my safe place, I'm thinking somewhere hilly. Not quite a mountain, not quite a steep incline. I want a nice calm hill. He said, I felt like everything was going to be okay forever. And I wouldn't have to worry about anything ever again. It was blissful. And in case you were wondering, the man also revealed how you'll come to know if you're dead. See, I was thinking I died four years ago. Mm -hmm. He said, when you die, you'll know you're dead because one or two things will happen to you. You'll either be traveling through what will look like a tunnel of light shooting out all around you. Or you'll be in a place that comes with nothing but fear and darkness all around you. 
that looks a bit like a studio in the middle of the Midwest, <laughs> surrounded by dark curtains and three Americans. Tunnel of light or complete crock of garbage? You decide. Visit our Facebook site. More questions and answers and the whole story will be there for you. In glorious Technicolor, I should give myself another two points. As we move to Michelle, what have you got tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Spooky footage shows bedroom window opening on its own. And the cottage owner claims it proves the home is haunted by ghosts. (laughs) That was your knee. That's my knee. (laughs) Too much soccer. (laughs) Andrew Ward set up cameras in his 400-year-old home after becoming convinced that there were spirits inside. Footage recorded by the 62-year-old wholesaler shows the window stay suddenly rise before the window snaps open. Andrew from Melbourne, Cambridgeshire, said, It's definitely a ghost. It's really spooky. I knew there was a ghost in here, and I was determined to prove it. Sometimes the blinds go up as well. It's all a bit strange why it should happen. It must be a ghost, because I've got no other explanation as to what this is. If ghosts can travel through walls, why would it need to open the window? You'd just go through it, wouldn't you? Let in some air. Oh, okay. It was my bad. Yes. (laughs) What if you've got a sheet on and it's kind of blowing you around at that point? Could you be about to haunt someone in their bed and there's a big gust of wind and you find yourself three rooms away because you've gone through three walls? It's See what I'm saying here? And then why is he wanting to pull the blinds up? Surely the best environment for a ghost, if you're emitting very low-level light and energy, is a nice dark room. Why would you be pulling the blinds up? I think a spirit guide is looking out for him so the ghost doesn't haunt him. He opens the window so the ghost gets blown away. He pulls the blinds up. His spirit guides are looking out for him. They don't want him to be haunted. Hmm. He should pat them on the back and say, job well done. It's a good theory. Destroying of ghosts by your spirit guides. Perfect answer. I always know the ghost has been here as soon as I wake up because it's very, very cold. And I know that's just a result of the window being open. After seeing the footage, friends asked Andrew how he could still be sleeping in the house, and one even told him he should put up a crucifix. What if the ghost isn't Christian? It's possible. They're assuming the ghost is evil at that point, aren't Mm -hmm. they, I guess? See, if it's not Christian, if you're haunted by a Buddhist ghost, would a crucifix work? Just see what I'm saying? Fun times. Hmm. More questions than answers. The cottage has developed a reputation in the village after years of reports of things going bump in the night. Andrew said, we live next to an old church in this part of Melbourne, and it's very well known that this cottage and the whole area has a quite spooky presence about it. There was an old woman who lived in the house before we got the property, and she died there. But I'm not sure that that has anything to do with the ghost. I thought you were going to say there was an old woman who lived in a shoe. Yes. How does that happen? How do you think to yourself, I've got nowhere to live. Look at that on the end of the block. Looks like a giant shoe. I could make that my home. But there's no back door. There's no windows. There's no floors. It's sliding all the way down. It's a bit smelly. Do you think to yourself, (laughs) the realtor's going, shoe, recently built, good access to the school, new roads. Come and look round. I know in the past you've said you don't want to look at shoes, but I've got a really good one for you if you're willing to be flexible. Most Perfect. ladies like shoes. Absolutely. I think you have the chance. She had so many children, she didn't know what to do. I would argue that she did know what to do. She was fully aware <laughs> of what to do at that point. But if you're living in a giant shoe, you can have as many children as you want, apparently. Right. Yeah, they can just play around. Good time. You can play in the hill. 
play in the toes, swing on the laces. Many wondrous and happy things to do in a shoe, no doubt. I shall give you points. You're now up to a very hedonistic double integer that is 10. Ooh. I'm on four. Heather is on minus two. As we go into the round, that is cryptozoology. It's green men, hairy beasties. I'm going to talk about vampires. Ooh. Very rarely have we discussed vampires in cryptozoology. Mm. A university's vampire expert. Already that triggers many things in my mind. Ooh. Is his name Wouldn't you Van? like to be... The vampire expert. The, <laughs> you need to go to London University, talk to Van. He's the vampire expert. Dr. Helsing. He's at the centre of a blood-tasting row involving a female student. It is oh. claimed she cut herself and her blood was licked after a class held by Emma Williams. Psychology lecturer Mr. Williams, 34, has appeared on TV giving expert opinion about vampires and blood drinking. The allegation comes in documents lodged and employment tribunal hearing by Helen Coleman, who is Mr. Williams, PhD student. She is now seeking compensation over the alleged treatment of Glendale University, Wrexham, where she also taught. Miss Coleman, who is being diagnosed as having work-related stress mm-hmm. and oh. anemia, <laughs> wow. told the Sunday Times, all I've been concerned about is the health and safety of my students. Her barrister, Georgina Calvert-Lee, described the case as extraordinary. It's an outrage. It's an outrage. (laughs) The university denies any wrongdoing. So vampirism, no wrongdoing, apparently. Sorry. Mr. Williams says around 15,000 real-life vampires are currently living in Britain. Living in Britain. Oxymoron, anybody? no. (laughs) Mm -mm. He was unavailable for comment. As it was daytime. (laughs) Bitten on the neck or what the heck. Go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers where that story is currently waiting for you. I shall give myself two fang-like points. Heather, what have you got tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? I'm going to take your vampire and I'm going to top it. Oh, I like the face. Two vampire stories. Louis Padron, 25, became obsessed with the world of elves. And now he has a 4,000 pound a month ritual applying special creams, dyes, and treatment, and a factor 100 sunscreen. (laughs) I use that. And that's in, that's in Minnesota, if that helps anybody. We're in darkness six months of the year. So Louis became obsessed with the world of elves and angels after being bullied as a child. Yeah, that sounds about right. The 26-year-old underwent a hair transplant with specialist injections earlier this month in Beverly Hills, California, USA. It's a foreign story. My granddad. <laughs> the USA in there. Yeah. America. <laughs> Your granddad. My granddad had a hair transplant. He looked ridiculous walking around with a kidney on his head. <laughs> Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Wasn't worth it. <laughs> Heather's on. <gasps> Minus four. <laughs> well, anyway, he got the transplant to help further his dream of becoming a fantasy being. So far, Louis has spent a whopping 36 
thousand pounds. How much is that? Thirty-six thousand pounds. You're getting close to about fifty thousand dollars. Wow! Trying to achieve his dream, but has at least eight more procedures planned. Louis became determined to look like his favorite otherworldly characters and sourced inspiration from films including The Labyrinth and The Neverending Story and Elf. <laughs> oh, you're terrible. To look, to look more like an elf, Louis started bleaching his skin and his hair, and now he has the $4,000 a month ritual. It's Michael Jackson. Well, he's bleached. Michael Jackson never bleached his hair. This is true. That is true. <laughs> that was the one thing that was a constant, although it was curly when he was younger. Yes. It suddenly got very straight. Didn't it it did. Yes, yes, yes. He splashed out on surgery, including liposuction on his jaw a rhinoplasty, full body hair removal, and operations to change his eye color. Full body. Operations? You yes. can have tattoos in your eyes and all sorts of nasty. I full don't... body hair removal. Full body, other than his hair, of course, on oh. the top of his head. Mm. Yes. He's actually from Buenos Aires. And... <laughs> Ironically, with the last word, Aries. <laughs> Buenos, not Aries. <laughs> uh, he gets stared at for his unusual look but says he doesn't care what people think and that he won't stop until he is fully transformed into an elf he's planning surgery to make his ears pointed hair implants for a heart-shaped hairline and limb lengthening operation to make him six foot five i thought elves were quite small. I thought so too. Not, apparently. not in Lord of the Rings, though. They're, that dim- is they're true. slightly diminished, though, aren't they? They're slender yes. and small. Yeah. I mean, oh, humans and orcs are bigger than elves, aren't they? Well, he wants to do the whole limb lengthening. Plus, he wants to have four ribs removed so he can shrink his waist. waist. <sighs> yep. And he also wants to have something done to his jaw to make it look more sharp, like a diamond. And then he wants a facelift and an eye lift to give a cat-like eye shape. Who's paying for all of this? He is, and I don't, I don't know. Wow! By the way, the he's, money. he's spent months and months and months sitting on shelves practicing for his Christmas job. Oh, he's the <laughs> elf on a shelf. Yeah. Oh, I think most people got it. I don't think we had to include that part necessarily. We might have done. You oh, know, this show all, goes from, out to a lot of places. Yeah, in the world, like down it? in Bama. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do apologize if you're currently living in the South of America for uh, the racism that takes part in this show on a regular basis. But apparently the surgery that kind of freaked me out was the one that was changing his eye color, which he was trying to turn it crystal blue and his eyes are brown. And so far they're at a gray and it's just a testing procedure (sighs) where he's having these eye colors change contact lenses just sure. wear some contact yeah. no no he's doing it per- he wants yeah. to become an elf he'll an end elf. up being blind is what's going to happen i wonder mm-hmm. what jk rowling <laughs> was thinking <laughs> i was thinking of tolkien actually was where yeah. i was going to go yeah. Yeah. either works yes well needless to say the fantasy genre makes him happy and because when he was younger he got, he just submerged himself into it and so he wants to be an elf Good luck to him. It's his money, I guess. That's right. I shall give you points for being informative and interesting. You are now up to a very resplendent minus two. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Pierre Beek is convinced the mysterious marks in the countryside are the result of paranormal activity and not hoaxers. 
he has dedicated years of his life to investigating crop circles in the southwest of England, and he was stunned when he captured a number of bizarre balls of light hovering around a well-known crop circle site in Wiltshire. In the video, strange orbs of white light hover over the field as people explore the bizarre circle. They look to float but move erratically as they are filmed moving over the crop. Some alien hunters believe crop circles are created by UFO landings, but others say they are elaborate hoaxes, backed up by a video from 1991 of Doug Bauer and David Chorley showing them using wooden planks and rope to create the patterns. This has not deterred Mr. Beak, who claims the highly geometric circles could not have been made by humans. Instead, he is convinced aliens or some other paranormal reason are behind the phenomenon. Mr. Beak revealed his footage and photography at the Myth Glastonbury Symposium, a yearly event dedicated to the paranormal and conspiracy theories. He told AWP News, when you go for the first time into a crop circle, you can't explain the feeling. It's a great feeling. You feel nice. Nice. Mm. I've been in crop circles in Britain. There doesn't seem to be a lot of energy in there. Mm. And it's very interesting the way the wheat or the corn gets pushed down. It's very, very bizarre. Those corn circles look amazing. If you go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee, you can see that story and you can see the amazing crop circle that took place with the energy and the mysticism. We go into the final round of the night. That is the strange and the bizarre stories from all over the world that are too good not to read out, but don't fit easily into any other category. We meet the shoplifter police have dubbed the Pooh Bomber, who creates <laughs> a huge mess everywhere she goes. Oh. It's the return of the Phantom Turlock! The 42-year-old woman is self-proclaimed kleptomaniac who also likes to leave a little something behind. Unfortunately, not payment, but a different kind of deposit <laughs> before running away. Ish. The Sunday Telegraph has agreed not to name the woman because she suffers from a range of mental health conditions. Mm. Experts believe the woman's experiences, such as a rush of adrenaline from shoplifting, means that she loses control of her bowels. However, she has left local authorities, including the magistrates at Mossvale Local Court, wondering how to strike a balance between treating her mental health condition and protecting the community. Uh. The police fact sheet states that the woman stood still with her legs partially apart between a row of display stands. What's your stance, by the way, on phantom pooing? Is it like bending at the knees and just sticking your bottom out a little bit? <laughs> Oh, the accused has looked mm -mm. around before shaking her buttocks and flicking <gasps> part of her dress near her buttock regions. <laughs> it is at that time that the accused has defecated on a shop floor before walking away. The woman then took possession of a tea towel and used it to wipe her buttocks before throwing it back on the display stand. Oh, grandma, oh. grandma, I bought you a tea towel for your birthday. There you go. It's it's. Got a rush. It's funny. got a. <laughs> it's a Jackson Pollock tea towel. <laughs> Another victim included shop pharmacy in Campbelltown Mall, where police documents said the woman went into a squatting position, 
and caused a dysfunction in aisle three. A dysfunction? <laughs> Forcing the shop to close for a full hour until it was cleaned up. No! Can you cause a dysfunction in aisle two for me? There's no. a dysfunction currently in the chocolate aisle. <laughs> Clean oh, up aisle two. No. No. When contacted, her lawyer, Ben Archbold, said she was remorseful and working to improve oh. her behaviour. My client has a mental illness and has quite clearly fallen through the cracks of the <laughs> mental health support available in the community, Mr Archbold said. She would be assisted if you would leave her alone because she's got to mark homework tonight. She is also under investigation over an alleged break-in at a display home on the central coast. One police source said there was a theory that the woman had changed her methods and broke into a home because she could steal goods and still have access to a functioning toilet. That makes sense, but you'd bring a plastic bag with you, wouldn't you, at some point? We'll never know if she used the facilities or not because you can't unflush a toilet, the police source said they currently have nothing to go on no, no. you can't unflush a toilet can you michelle especially if there's a squirrel especially if there's a squirrel hanging looking on. up at you oh. so she involuntary defecates herself when she steals stuff this is what happens can i take one of your french fries <laughs> <laughs> last time we can go to mcdonald's that's not gonna happen oh, no. what about a stolen kiss <gasps> what about Stealing a base on a baseball field. You wouldn't want to run through that, would you, halfway through a game? I should give myself points. I'm now up to a very rounded and equal symmetrical eight. Miss Morris, what have you got for me in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have a woman who has been cheated. (gasps) No! Controversial. And she's very disappointed about it because she had bought a package of jumbo sausages and it turns out all she got was a puny offering. A small mm. chipolata. Barely reached the sides. Yes. Not very filling. She was cheated. She was cheated. Sarah Francis, 42, is trying to come to terms with her ordeal after finding a pocket of frozen extra large bangers was in fact filled with smaller little rinky-dink sausages mm. disappointment abounds doesn't it been there yeah i know many a time well no not that many <laughs> wow more questions and answers you leave with more than you arrive with spare a thought for poor sarah who made the discovery at swindon farm Foods in Wiltshire. The puny sausages left her feeling cheated and thoroughly disappointed, as one does. Sarah said, We had a Farm Foods leaflet come through the door and noticed that they were advertising packets of frozen ye old oak jumbo sausages. We sometimes buy the jumbo sausages that come in tins. You have hot dogs in tins? Well, sausages in tins. I'm not quite sure what's going on. It's the same thing. Yeah. Okay, I'll bow Why to your you superior. Put them in a tin? You obviously have greater knowledge than me of the. Fr- yeah. How can it be a frozen sausage in a tin? It's either- no, they used to sell the hot oh, dogs in a tin. Why do now- you put hot dogs in a tin? I don't understand. You get hot dogs in tins over here. I mean the wiener, the sausage, not the bun. <laughs> the in the wiener water. You're in the wiener water. Oh, you drink it. Have you never been? <laughs> <laughs> there speaks a woman. <laughs> 
who does not know what it is to be thirsty. Have you never been so thirsty in your life that you've had to drink the water from a wiener sausage tin? I've been so thirsty once, I drank the juice from a tin of kidney beans. Oh, no. It's kind of thick. <laughs> well, anyway, she, when she got home, she opened the packet and they found that they were the same size as regular ones. So she's really disappointed because... This is making the news in Britain, is it? It is. It must it have is. been a slow week. Let me tell you the difference in size. Oh, Please. So you can do this. Yes. Well, does it come with so, actions? Let me tell you what Brits say jumbo is. Okay. The regular is 9.5 centimeters. Okay. Three inches. Now the super jumbos. Mm-hmm. 10. Oh, you've gained a centimetre. Oh. You've gained, you've a, gained third. a half. Oh. A centimetre. Half a centimetre. That's a sixth of that a centimetre. Super a jumbo? Ju- that is a jumbo. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. What if you rubbed it a little bit? Would that make a difference? <laughs> <laughs> just bite the tip off. Michelle, does, does half an inch make a difference? No comment. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you got. <laughs> Nathan, how was your week? <laughs> Michelle, you have the final story of the evening in this round of The Strange in the Bazaar. A Canadian woman got an extra carrot with her diamond ring when it was found in her vegetable patch 13 years after she lost it. Mary Grams, 84, was devastated when she lost the ring while weeding on the family farm in Alberta in 2004. But she had kept the ring's loss a secret from all all but her son, for more than a decade. On Monday, her daughter-in-law discovered the secret and the ring when she pulled up a lumpy carrot. Pulled up any lumpy carrots recently? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The carrot had grown straight through the ring, enabling it to be plucked out after many years of hiding in the soil. If anyone has a joke, by the way, about a carrot growing through a ring, do write in and let us know. I'm sure there's one in there somewhere. (laughs) She had decided not to tell her husband when she lost it out of embarrassment, but she did tell her son. She went out and bought a slightly cheaper replacement ring and carried on as if nothing had happened. Maybe I did the wrong thing, but you get so worked up, she said. No one was the wiser until this week when her daughter-in-law, Colleen Daly, decided she wanted some carrots for supper. Miss Daly, who now lives on the farm where Mrs. Grams used to live, went to harvest the vegetables in the garden, and lo and behold, she spotted the ring while washing a rather lumpy carrot. Her son instantly knew who the ring must belong to and called his mother. Looking back, Mrs. Grams said she wished she had told her husband, who had died five years ago. He was a joker, she said, and probably should have found this whole situation very funny. Now that she has it back, she said she'll be more careful. There's a great photograph that goes with this story. If you visit our website, our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, carrot and ring or not. My thing. We now creep in shame to the last round that is called <laughs> Shame Not for Your shame. Mother or the Shame Round. This means you have now found us on our archives. So well done you for coming to find us. We appreciate your support. If you're listening on SoundCloud, why don't you press the little orange love heart and tell us how much you love the show? This is the round called Not for Your Mother. If your mother's of a nervous disposition, you need to remove her from the room. If there are small children present, Kick them outside. It's a lovely day. Give them a ball to play around. There's a gentleman out there who claims he's got puppies. Soraya Dolbaz doesn't have an ordinary job. 
Oh, by Jove, no. No ordinary job for Soraya Dolbaz. It's probably the furthest thing from ordinary as could be. Hmm. She calls herself a professional dick photographer. What? And her job is to give the male anatomy some quirky character. She's based in New York. She'll style your schlong in a glossy editorial style shoot, even dressing up penises in little cute costumes and giving them loads of personality. I went with Winston Churchill. She had a cigar, a bowler hat. I thought it looked like him, looking pensive, looking worried. Around about 1943, wasn't sure which way the war was going to go. I was thinking more Larry Moen Curly. (laughs) Curly speaks for itself. Larry and the Mo was the hard part. You can find her work on her official site, appropriately called the Dicture Gallery. Oh, my God. And she has also had the opportunity to show her art to a larger audience at the Art Basel last year, where she managed to sell limited edition prints for $10,000 a piece. No. Right, here we go, Michelle. See what you think. Get your camera on your cell phone. Here we go. We'll make a few dollars. Yep. Get it nice and close. Get the wrinkles. There we go. The comedy of the practice comes from the penis pun names that accompany each shot, from Dick Minaj to Comrade Stalin. I went with the Dick Trickle portrait. Oh, my God. Mm -mm. Stand over by the wall. I'm doing Nelson's column. Mm. No. Dick Tracy? (laughs) Get a pencil draw around it. (laughs) Will he pick? Or I feel sick. Decide for yourself. Go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers with... Adrian Lee. Michelle, what have you got for us tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Betty True is a lifelong Dodgers fan, but had never been to a home game until last month. On her first trip ever to Chavez Ravine, the Arizona resident and great-grandmother made herself a viral video sensation when the in-stadium camera caught her cavorting and dancing in her seat. While working up the crowd, 85-year-old True, since dubbed the Rally Granny, even briefly flashed the crowd. Nice. She lifted up her skirt. Granny Flash? Granny Flash. Just lifted up her dress a couple of inches at the hem. That's not the flash. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bottom flash. (laughs) Back bottom. Under boobs. Oh, roll them back up. Go. On Wednesday, KCAL 9's Peter Doubt spoke to True via Skype to talk about her newfound celebrity. Dot reported True had no problem speaking her mind or on raising her shirt. And why did she flash? Just because I wanted to, she said, matter-of-factly. The July 8th game against the Royals was her first. The Dodgers were down in the seventh inning, four to three. Until someone defecated on the second base. (laughs) (laughs) True took the concept of the seventh inning stretch a bit figuratively. Oh, jeez. And she started dancing. A seventh inning stretch. (laughs) (laughs) She said she wanted to shake things up. Oh, she did. Oh, they were enjoying my dancing, too. A milkshake. That looks like cottage cream. (laughs) It's curdled. Oh, oh, no, you didn't. Mm -mm. It was there. And the crowd egged me on, so I provided for them. They're just lucky I was wearing a bra. Aren't we? Blessed. We're blessed. We are. More of a hammock, to be honest. (laughs) 
just kind of <laughs> rounding them up Woo. at that point, aren't we? The Dodgers came from behind to win the game. Yay! Yeah. See? Mm-hmm. Granny did it. There the, you go. They're now selling the Dodgers bra in their gift shop. Lots of support, but no cups. <laughs> yeah, they are selling Rally Granny merchandise. Yeah, I told you. Uh, 38 long. Oh. oh. <laughs> Controversial. If I knew more about baseball, I'd be able to tell some jokes. I have a story that says Shopper finds pornographic carrot. Very carrot-related. Baseball and carrots tonight. If you thought going grocery shopping was pretty much the least sexy thing you could do, one Victorian woman has proved us all wrong. I think she's from Victoria rather than being a Victorian. (laughs) She's a lady. (laughs) To be a Victorian woman should have had to have been born before 1901, so the chances are limited there. Lizzie Fenwick was doing her normal shop at her grocery Geelong supermarket when she accidentally picked up some X-rated produce. Accidentally. No matter what angle, this carrot looks pretty suspect. (laughs) I'm going to show you the carrot. This is the carrot pictures. They've done a series of four. Whatever angle you're looking at. Holy moly. It's got back balls. It It totally has back balls. (laughs) Everything you want. And a lot, lot more. What would you do with that, Nathan? Some sort of stew or a soup. Two carrots that appear to share the same top. Siamese carrots. <laughs> I've always wanted twins, but I didn't think it'd be vegetables. And in the process, closely resemble the parts of a male anatomy. Filming the pornographic looking carrot in all of its glory, both front and back. There was no ring attached to it. Lizzie then posted it to the supermarket's Facebook site. I'm nice. sure they were pleased. Oh, yeah. Lizzie quickly realized her X-rated carrot deserved a social media shout-out. Yep. Probably has its own web page. Yes. Lizzie has been interviewed on Jay Leno. Lizzie admits she couldn't bear to chow down on the rude carrot, instead leaving it for her workmates to giggle at. It certainly made my day at work more amusing, Lizzie told the Daily Mail. We used it to brighten up the office. I couldn't bring myself to eat it. The kids in grade three class also thought it was funny. Uh, Apparently it was bring a rude vegetable to work day. mm. Carrot love or heavens above, you decide. (laughs) Go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers. With Adrian Lee, Miss Morris, you have the last story of the show. Episode 124. Is it carrot and baseball related? No. We're going back to... The old sex dolls. Old sex dolls. The most requested celebrity sex doll lookalike has been revealed. Hang on, who do customers are getting banned from having it? Let's have a let's have a little quiz here. I don't know who this is. Who do you think the most requested female? I'm guessing. You don't put your hand up. It's your story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making the assumption you may have seen this before. I can get points. No, you, Miss Morris. I thought you meant it was you. (laughs) No, that is funny. (laughs) I think it's Angelina Jolie. D, what are you going to go with, Nathan? What female sex doll has been the most asked for? The queen. Yeah. There's some sick and strange people out there. Okay, what about you, Mr. Lee? I'm going to go classical. I think it's Marilyn Monroe. Well, I'll let you know. Don't get too alarmed, but sex robots are on the rise. Oh, no, it's the attack of the sex robots. Where's Tom Cruise when you need him? Well, sex dolls have been given a technological makeover and can now incorporate humanoid features such as warm silicone skin. They can make skin warm See, you used to have to put them in a hot bath before... (laughs) 
Really? How um, do you know? Um, <laughs> I, you just rub it for a while. Um. <laughs> Are you running a bath again? You've had three baths today. You must be so clean. What's wrong with you? I've got germ phobia. I'm germophobic. Leave me alone. Three baths you've had. Who's paying for this? The immersion's been on 10 hours. Well, even some can program in personalities. The evolution of sex robots is such that bereaved men are customizing them to look like their dead wives. Well, kind of like this. Dealing with their life. <laughs> do not do the roadkill pose. Oh, you meant when they were alive. I'm sorry. Oh, I went with the God. mortuary look. You said they made them to look like their dead wives. Oh, yeah. no, you You meant when they were alive. Mm, that's sick. I like gray skin. <laughs> Leave me alone. Well, unsurprisingly, the requests don't stop there. As well as the world's first sex robot, U.S.-based True Companion also produced sex dolls. And there's one famous actress whose likeness is frequently requested. Wouldn't it be embarrassing if you had a sex doll made that looked exactly like your ex-wife because she died i.e. being ex because she's dead and then your kids come to visit you and they see her sat in the corner they go don't go in the bedroom don't go oh there's mum sat there maybe you want one of your not your dead wife but i'm sorry your ex-wife definitely i don't follow that in any way shape or form oh you could just use it as a torture device (laughs) you are very dark miss morris this isn't anything to do with me i might add look at those eyes i know they've gone red what's wrong i can smell sulfur oh hang on a second that's a burrito i'm all right douglas hines who creates the bots revealed the company's most popular celebrity request and according to miley cyrus as many as half of the orders, half of the orders the company receives for celebrity lookalikes. And it is... Princess Leah. Marilyn Monroe. Nice one, Adrian. See, who is one of the most popular. They can't make it look like her, though, due to copyright reasons, surely. Uh, yep. Celebrity lookalike requests, however, are problematic. True Companion has to refuse these requests as they're not allowed to use anyone's likeness without their permission engineer douglas said that marilyn comes up quite often and the caveat is we need the approval of the person or the family well you're not going to get it from her you can from a psychic can't they call it something oh, like uh, mary mundo and have it look you similar think. I, I think you can have it look similar okay as similar similar Yes. If you wanted a robot that looked like Marilyn Monroe, you would have to have her estate actually approve it. So it would have to be estate approved. Grandkids, is it okay if we make a model of your grandmother and lots of strange and bizarre men are making love to it all over the world at the moment? Would that be okay? What's it pay? And how do you know it's exactly like her or not? Right. They've got her measurements. I I don't want to be shot down in a huge ball of flames because this is going to be incredibly unpopular now, but... Was she that good looking? Was she up there? I mean, I'm, you know, just throwing it out there. I mean, I liked her early stuff where she was the fresh faced farm girl. Farm you know, fresh. Farm fresh. <laughs> Gina Baker, is it? I can't remember her name. Norma. Norma. Norma, Norma, Norma Jean. Jean. There Jean. we go. Yes. Well, they can produce a custom made doll who perhaps bears a resemblance. I don't want to bear. What am I, Goldilocks? Not an actual likeness. Douglas continues, we cannot do 
one that models Marilyn Monroe, but we can do a very beautiful blonde with a full figure and so forth. Unless, of course, we receive the approval of her estate. The company's flagship product is Roxy, Mm. a fully customizable sex bot that costs 7,700 pounds. How much is that, Mr. Lee? It's on your Christmas list. $10,000. Ooh, nice. Can't they call a male one something like Lonnie Pep or Mad Blit? Do you see what I mean? Is this possible? <laughs> it's not the name. Comes with it's... a free tin of jumbo sausages. <laughs> oh. Super jumbo. Come up short. <laughs> well, they also say that they can program it with multiple personality settings. <laughs> That's all you well, need why is a would you sex bot. Irritable. Multiple personality disorder. Irritable. What I time have do a you... headache. <laughs> oh, even... Yes, please. Even my sex robot no. doesn't want to have sex with me. My imaginary friends won't talk to me. My memory foam mattress doesn't remember who I am. I just don't like the fact that they could be in the mood one second and then be totally turned off. It's multiple personality Welcome to disorder. being a man. Well done. Let me shake you by the hand. You finally got there this is my world and every man on the planet the mystery that is the woman well done you get there in the end so that's what makes her realistic then huh does my bum look big in this what time do you call this i know i should have listened to my mother where's the batteries on this how do we turn this off where's the power supply it's got to have some sort of battery. You don't on. want to know where no, they plug okay. it in. Yeah. That's going to take a car well, battery. Just so you know, Michelle, yes. the company also sells a male version yeah, I told of you. the doll called Rocky. <laughs> Rocky mm. Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Rocky. To be fair, I don't think you need the whole thing, do you? You just need a part. Just You don't need the whole thing, do you, is what I'm saying Yeah, you to want you. to be able to store it in your drawer. In your where? <laughs> Nothing. In the, in the driveway. <laughs> Dead bodies lying everywhere. Controversial. Mm. We always leave this show with more than you arrive with. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery. It is unfortunately Heather Morris, who never got beyond minus two. I scored eight, but in resplendent first place for the third week in a row, winning the $33,000 IR camera is Michelle, who scored a nice double ten. Remember, you can join us on our Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And we now do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show on SoundCloud. If you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA radio, we do a round now called Not For Your Mother that we can't read out on air. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Tom Drainer, Michelle Corey, Nathan Bush, and all at the International Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group, MUFON of Minnesota, Martin's Online Auctions, and Frank Zolchek. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested, be interested,